Welcome back to another episode of Airing It Out with Joe Daly. I am your host, Joe Daly, and this is a fantasy football podcast. We are getting you ready for week five this week and certainly beyond for the rest of the season. Guys, week four is in the book. Ladies and gentlemen, we are a quarter of a way done with the fantasy football season, which is um, super, super weird to think that things are happening so fast and uh, things are changing so quickly this year. It's such a weird year. 2020 is a weird year. This fantasy season, this NFL season has been kind of crazy so far. Lots to talk about today, and we're going to get to all of it uh, as much as we possibly can in today's episode. So uh, as you guys know, again, this is airing it out. Uh, If you don't subscribe, please click that subscribe button. That would be fantastic. And, uh, you know, we're a fantasy football podcast. We want to help you guys win your leagues, do the best that you possibly can. Bragging rights, money, whatever it is that you're playing for, we want you to get get whatever that is. Uh, With that said, guys, listen, we are there's ways to reach us. Uh, the first couple of ways are through social media. Uh, you can follow the show at, at airing it out FF. So at airing it out FF on both Twitter and Instagram. So if you don't already follow those accounts, go uh, smash the follow button there. Love to see you uh, interact with us, ask questions and stuff. Uh, and we can fa- you know feature your questions here on the podcast, which we'll do a little bit later today in the fantasy Q and a, um, it, or even, uh, you know, I'm, I'm pretty good about uh, getting back to people. Uh, who have questions, uh, write it right in those, uh, you know, those social media account, those apps. So uh, love, love for you to reach out and uh, interact with us there. Uh, in addition, if you don't already um, bookmark our website, it's www.airingitout.com. So airingitout.com. You can also uh, see us there, look for content, articles, videos, things like that, that are coming soon. And um, yeah, we'll get you ready for week five there as well with some extra uh, bits of information. So uh, yeah, those are a couple of ways to reach us. Um, you know, there's a contact page there. You can also reach out for questions and things like that there as well on the website. Um, so as you guys know, podcasts come out every Thursday night, Friday morning, that, that general time, uh, time period. So, uh, look for those, you know, again, download, subscribe, wherever you listen, please do that. Spread the word. Love, love the help in that way. It would definitely help us. And we would uh, really appreciate it here at airing it out. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. And like I said, it's been a crazy year so far. Week five is about to be underway. Um, tonight we have uh, the little Super Bowl rematch between Nick Foles, who knew who's all this coming, uh, Nick Foles and Tom Brady uh, on completely different teams. We got the uh, you know Bears with Nick Foles, who they just made that switch a couple weeks ago, and um, Tom Brady now on the Bucks, who is you know they're doing quite well. We'll see uh, see where their season goes, but you know people are calling them Super Bowl contenders. You never know; could be they could make a playoff run. We'll see. Um, but you know, I'm excited to watch that one tonight and see how that pans out. But, uh, yeah, it's been a crazy year and we just have so much that we could possibly talk about today and we'll definitely get into as much of it as possible. So like I said, guys, um, and I say every week, you know, if you guys are doing well, let's keep you doing well. Of course, we want to keep stacking up those wins early and often. Now, if you're not doing so hot, that's okay. You know, we've all been in that boat. You got to pull up, uh, pull up your boots here. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps, I should say, and uh, and really kind of get down to the nitty gritty. Start making uh, some decisions that are going to get you back on the winning side of things. So we're here for that as well. Um, you know, it's it's only a quarter of the season in. Let's not give up. Let's keep pushing forward and uh, make sure we make the right calls. And you know, DFS that's another thing we like to help with too. So we're not just season long here. We like to help you with your DFS lineup. So if you have any questions there, we certainly. Um, talk about it on the show uh, from time to time. We definitely uh, post a lot of stuff with that with regards to um, on airing it out. We post airing it out.com. Excuse me. We post a lot of stuff uh, DFS wise as well. So a uh, little one-stop shop fantasy football. 
Again, if you're a returning listener, thank you. And if you're a new listener, stay with us. Uh, hopefully, we'll help you get yourselves to uh, some championships, some wins, some money, whatever it may be. All right, guys, listen, uh, we're going to get right into the nitty gritty. We have a lot to talk about today. We got a, our news segment at the beginning where we'll talk about the news around the NFL, some of the more important stories of the week, and how they're going to impact your fantasy football decisions. Uh, we'll also get into uh, the weekly segment called Daily's Dynamic Duos, where I'll give you starters from each of the major skill positions that you should. Uh, Plug into your lineups without any second guessing uh, because I think they're going to have big weeks this week. We'll go into there. And then uh, after that, we will be joined again. He had a little bit of a break last week, but um, the injury landscape wasn't too, too crazy. But we got uh, Dr. Edward Strasnick back. He'll be in the, uh, the medical tent, as we call it, the medical tent with Dr. Edward Strasnick. Um, that segment is a recurring segment that, again, if you're new to the podcast, he's going to help us break down um, the injuries and what to expect with players coming off of those injuries. Uh, down the line as well, as he is a uh, doctor of physical therapy and uh, someone I trust in that um, in that world. So um, we'll get to that. And then uh, we'll have a bit of an extended version. We got a good amount of questions on social media this week. We'll do our fantasy Q&A to wrap up the show. So again, a ton to talk about, ton to do today, and we're going to uh, get to all of it. Thank you again for joining us. And we will start with the news right after a word from our sponsors. <laughs> All right, guys, as always, I stress every week that fantasy football is not just the draft and then you kind of just set it and forget it. It's not that sort of deal. It's, uh, it's, it's constantly staying in the headlines, making sure you understand what's going on in the league, whether it's looking at beat reporters on Twitter from specific teams or whatever it may be. you got to be always um, doing your research, looking into what's going on, because that can be the difference between you winning or losing each week and winning and losing uh, a season. So uh, we want to make sure that here at Airing It Out, we can provide you guys with some updates on news that will help you make some uh, important roster decisions from week to week. And uh, that's what we're going to do today. We'll get right into it right here. Our first story this week, heading into week five, is uh, one that was uh, some breaking news earlier today. This is Thursday, and that is that uh, the Chargers have named their QB, Justin Herbert, rookie, their starter for the rest of the season. So earlier today, Adam Schefter uh, tweeted out, he wrote, Chargers head coach Anthony Lynn just named Justin Herbert his starting quarterback going forward. As much as Lynn supports the veteran quarterback Tyrod Taylor, he was instrumental in selecting Herbert sixth overall last April and strongly believes in his value, um, excuse me, in his rookie quarterback. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, not much to say here other than, yeah, I, I think it, that's kind of what you have to do. He's a sixth overall pick in this past draft. Tyrod Taylor was just keeping the seat warm for him. And now that he's come out and he's actually played pretty well, it's really kind of tough That's to sell your fan base on going back to um, – Tyrod, I, I just don't think that, you know, that that would cut it. And uh, for where they are, I don't think they're going to contend for a championship this year or anytime soon, really. I mean, they have some nice pieces and nice defense, but I just don't think this is the year for them. Um, it just makes sense to give Herbert the reins now and see how he does. Now, like, I got to be honest with you, this is good for fantasy. You know, if we're looking at the fantasy implications here, I think it's good for fantasy. He started out way stronger than anyone thought he would this year. Um as far as fantasy goes, he had twenty, like over 23 points versus Kansas City and about 24, a little over 24 points against Tampa Bay. Now, Kansas City and Tampa Bay, they're not you know, the 85 Bears, but they are, they're 
some pretty solid defenses, especially for a rookie to go up against and for him to put up those numbers fantasy wise, that's very promising. And you know what? They're not going to be leading a lot of games this year. They're going to have to throw. Um, and it's not like this. He's not one of these like running phenoms. He's not the Lamar Jackson who's going to pick you up, uh, you know, five extra fantasy points just based on his running capabilities alone. Uh, five or more really. I mean, you know, throwing some touchdowns and all that stuff. He's not going to do that. I mean, he's, he's ran a little bit like barely. Um, so that's not what he's relying. He's, he's throwing the ball. He's, he's, you know, racking up yardage, he's racking up touchdowns, and that's what you want to see. Um, so for two out of three starts to have 20, uh, 23 and 24 points, roughly, I mean, that's that's super promising. Um, you know, I, I got to be honest with you, he has great weapons around him. I love his potential in the offense. And, you know, with the fact that they're not going to be, you know, they're not going to be leading a lot of games, you know, they might be in it. And, you know, competitive in a lot. I don't think they'll be losing all their games here on out or anything like that. I don't think they'll be down three touchdowns, but it's going to be, you know, they're going to be competitive. They're not blowing any, they're not blowing many teams out or most teams out. So I like the ability for him to still be there. And again, he's got great receiving uh, running backs. He's got great receivers and solid tight end and uh, Henry. So, I mean, there's certainly a lot of, a lot of pieces that make sense. So if you're you're if you're a streaming quarterback uh, type of type of guy or, or gal, uh, I think that you could do way worse um, than Justin Herbert, especially with him going up against these defenses and proving it right out the gate um, that he can he can hang in and 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 get you guys some good fantasy totals. So uh, Justin Herbert, you know, he might be the next big thing. I, I think it's a little too early for that, but um, certainly a promising start. So you know, you have a bye week coming up or something like that. Your QB gets injured. Uh, Herbert, you could definitely do worse. And, uh, you know, we'll see what, how this plays out. See how this plays out in the NFL and, and for fantasy. But I like what I'm seeing so far. And our second story today is one that is a, a pretty big one, pretty important. And that is uh, we're, we're having to deal with some coronavirus stuff again, COVID-19, uh, you know, breaking into the NFL and, and starting to mess things up for the league. And uh, this one, this one is a bit of an interesting story. So we already had the uh, Chiefs and Patriots game moved to Monday night last week, and it looks like that is going to be a, a huge possibility for the Titans and the Bills this week. So uh, reports all over the place, but there's been a lot of Titans, you know, um, both players and personnel uh, from the, from team to staff and all that that have uh, tested positive, and it kind of looks like a little mini outbreak amongst the team which is a, obviously a scary thing considering everyone's in close contact in the game of football practices, coaches, everyone, you know, everyone's involved. And uh, you know, when you have teams playing other teams, that certainly makes it not so uh, not so great for the potential for games to even be played or having to be moved and stuff like that, which for fantasy managers is something that is a bit of a, a, a headache. So um, first of all, I mean, it was Tom Pelissaro, uh Pelissero from the from NFL Network. He tweeted out that the Titans reported uh, just another positive COVID-19 test. And um, there were some also inconclusive tests that came back positive as well. So again, every day out of Tennessee, there's been this, uh, you know, more and more reports of, of different cases um, coming up and, being, you know, testing positive. So again, that's not promising. And then um, Diana Rossini from uh, ESPN, she tweeted out that the week five game between the Bills and Titans could be moved to Monday or Tuesday. So again, another scenario like we saw, um, you know, last week where again, in they could postpone it to Monday and Tuesday, but you just never know if they actually end up playing the game. That's that's the end of the line. You can't really replace anyone else, obviously. Um, and there's ways to do that. We'll talk about that in a minute. There's ways to kind of safeguard your league from these uh, these movements in the schedule. So we'll talk about that in a bit. Um, tell you what we're doing in a couple of my leagues. But um, 
again, that's that's a little bit scary. And and you know, a lot of people reporting that the Titans were holding um you know, in-person activities and workouts and practices, things like that. Uh, one was at like a local school in Tennessee and all that stuff. So, I mean, stuff that they were not uh, sanctioned to do, I guess, that were not they weren't allowed to do, but they did anyway. So there's certainly investigations from the league coming and who knows what the punishments could be for those. But, you know, there's there's evidence of it. So uh, uh, some more scary stuff. But, um, you know, we'll, we'll see how this all plays out. It looks like it would be Monday or Tuesday. But uh, there's actually, and I just learned this about two seconds ago, that they are moving, in fact, the Patriots and the Broncos game to Monday night. So we already have a Monday night game this week. It's the Chargers and the Saints. But we're now going to have a second, just like we did last week, which was kind of, you know, the the COVID stuff is is horror, horrifying and, and horrible and, and all that stuff. But it was, it was kind of cool to have two Monday night games, uh, very similar to what you see at the beginning of every uh, every season, that one that one Monday night where we have a doubleheader. But um I, again, I don't know would they play three games in one week. So I don't like, or in one, in on one day would the NFL want three games being played. I feel like, you know, the ratings are, are not going to be <laughs> holding up on the, the, you know, the main uh, Monday night football. You, you got to imagine that's going to not be great for the TV deals and all that stuff. So I, I wonder if Tuesday is the more likely possibility. And is it even likely that this game's postponed completely very similar to the Titans and Steelers? So, you know, this is a, a scary proposition, and it's it's one that for fantasy owners, you have to have a backup plan for fantasy leagues, commissioners. Um, what we're doing in my leagues, uh, I'm the commissioner of one league and then uh, my main league with uh, with my buddies, what we're doing is uh, anyone who has, for instance, if it were a um, Titan and a Bill, if you have a Titan player in a, or a Bill player that you want to, you know, um, have in your lineup that you would start, then you would start them. And uh, you would also name a backup, so you would, contact the commissioner directly and say, Hey, I want um, this person to be my backup, whoever's playing on like Sunday or whatever. Right. So, um, you know, they'd be on your bench, but if, if in the event that game was moved completely or whatever it is um, out of that week slot. So, you know, in this case, week five, then I would get the points for the person that I named to the commissioner. Um, obviously from the same position, unless it's like the flex spot that the guy was in, then I guess you could put in, you know, if it was a, you know, a tight end like Johnny Smith or something, um, and he was in my flex or something then I could, you know, put in a running back or wide receiver too, but it's gotta be someone that obviously could fill in that slot. So, um, those sort of things, I know a lot of leagues are doing around, uh, the fantasy world. So, you know, you definitely want to talk that over with your league and, and really, you, you know, you'd hate to penalize someone, um, for, you know, uh, setting up a good team. And then, you know, all this COVID stuff is happening, which we knew this was going to be a crazy year to begin with. So, uh, better to make for a league that will accommodate, um, stuff that's out of not just, you know, our control, everyone's control. And it's, it's, um, it, you know, with the way it's going now, you hate to see it happen so frequently, but you just don't know, uh, what's going to happen from week to week and you hope it doesn't continue. But again, there's nothing to really, you know, we get, these teams got to make sure they're doing the right thing, following the protocols and, and most have been. So, um, that's, that's promising, but you know, for not having a bubble like the NBA did or, or um, the NHL and stuff for not having that bubble, I think that, uh, overall, you know, the NFL's done okay, but certainly it's starting to get a little bit weary, starting to get a little bit weary looking at what's uh, what's happening lately. But again, put in the safeguards as you league, get together and make sure you have the right things. And again, this week, if you have any Bills or Titans, and then if you have any Patriots or Broncos, you want to, again, figure out those backup plans, see if there's someone that's comparable that you might want to play ahead of one of those guys, whatever it may be. But there's certainly a lot to consider. And uh, yeah, fancy is uh, making decisions can be difficult as it is. And um, you know, you just want to make things as, as normal as possible in a very abnormal year. So, uh, yeah, 
keep that keep your eyes open and uh we'll we'll, we'll do the best we can obviously to help you here and and uh, all that fun stuff so again crazy year we'll make it work let's keep it going and finally our last story comes out of the uh, jets locker room and that is uh Le'Veon Bell, all right, he's following up with, uh, you know, after a, ha- a hamstring injury that landed on IR, he's uh, actually going to come off IR now and can, can be activated for even as soon as this Sunday against the Arizona Cardinals. So, yes, the Cardinals and the Jets are squaring off this Sunday. So if you have Cardinals, of course, start them this week. Um, yep, <laughs> even, but that's besides the point. We're going we're gonna to focus on Le'Veon Bell here. Now, for all you fantasy owners that have him, we'll talk about what this means for you guys, uh, you know, from my opinion, my standpoint with regards to playing him this week. But, um Let's see what we can uh, can figure out there. But let's just go to the the news that was reported. It was um, the Jets senior reporter Eric Allen. He tweeted out that Adam Gase said that he looked pretty good in practice, meaning Le'Veon Bell um, this week. And he also added uh, the quote in the tweet. He said, "I think he feels better even than he did for that first game. I think he feels like his body is in a good place." Now, again, I don't want to put too much uh, weight on what coaches say. You know, they're they're giving reporters whatever they want to give. Of course you want to say the guy looks good and is, you know, he's looking good to practice. His body feels good, all that. Uh, you know, I'm sure if he's saying it, there's truth to it. And if they're activating him off IR and potentially, uh, you know, sending him into the game this week, then that's something that, uh, you know, I, I would put enough stock into to believe, but uh, you know, it's, it's not something that I want to, um, you know, go, I'm not going to put too much weight on it, but, but with that said, here's what I'm saying. Um, I, I have bell in one of my leagues, uh, and I don't feel great about it, to be honest with you. And I had to, you know, I had to, um, you know, deal with this this amount of time where he's been out, you know, and and uh, on IR and all this stuff. And again, it's 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 a pain in the butt, and it is what it is. But um, I drafted him, you know, as like my third running back in this league, and it was because I, you know, he had a lot of potential with regards to um, volume, right? I mean, like again, the Jets aren't a great team. I knew they wouldn't be a fantastic, you know. Uh, team that's going to be moving the ball around the field. I knew that, but he got a, he got enough um, work last year, enough touches to, to make him at least flex viable. So for me, you know, he's, he's a, he's a volume, volume based flex play. And that's, that's what I want, would want to treat him as now. Am I willing to start him this week right out the gate? I'm going to say probably not. Um, if I'm really strapped and I know that he's active ahead of the game on, on Sunday, then yeah, I'll, maybe I'll throw him in there if I'm really strapped and he's like my only option. But if I've, you know, if I've been, uh, able able to survive without him for this long with somebody else that's been pretty viable then i'm going to go with that option at least for this week see how he gets deployed um here in week five and you know we'll see frank frank gore's workload he hasn't been that effective with with bell out so uh none of them have been in that backfield so it's it's again it's it's a situation you want to avoid what i'd almost say is see if you can use his name value and you know the the fact that he hasn't been playing you know he hasn't been putting up bad games, you know, see if uh, a running back hungry team might bite on him. That's something you, you could potentially do. You did hold on to him for this long. So you thought is you want to see how he plays for a little bit, but I mean, now might be the time even before he puts up a stinker where you said, if he does put up a stinker like this week, um, you, you want to maybe fish him out there to someone that someone that, you know, needs a running back. So uh, that's something you could do here. But again, I think he should do similar things to what he did last year. Again, I don't think he'll be, you know, Christian McCaffrey or anything like that, anything close to it, of course. But I think he could put up decent numbers just based on volume um, because, you know, he's he's not just a, a, 
you know, a, a first and second down back. He's he's a pass catcher. He can he can do some you know damage in the air too. And they're going to be behind the Jets in a lot of games. So um, you know, especially in a PPR league, I think he has uh, some some decent value. But as a flex play, I think he'll get you a decent floor most weeks, most weeks. And uh, but again, this might be a time where you before he even steps on the field, again throw him out, see what you can get for him. Um, that that that's a potential uh, move that you could make. But yeah, I mean the way Gase has used him. And it seems like that relationship's a little weird. You know, it now might be a time to see see what what you can get. But again, I, I he could he could be good, decent for you, and uh, and get you some decent points throughout the weeks. We'll see. But that has been the news for week number five or leading into week number five. Uh, and there's a ton more things, guys. But uh, those were the things that I felt were most important to talk about today, um, and you know would weigh heavy on fantasy owners' minds now. With that said, we're going to go right into the next segment right after this uh, called Daily's Dynamic Duos. And uh, again, this is a recurring weekly segment where I give you my um, two uh, two starting uh, you know, skill position players that I think could have massive weeks this week. Um, you know, that you should lock into your lineups because uh, they'll, they'll help you help you get that win that you're looking for. So Daily's Dynamic Duos, we'll see that. We'll hear that right after this. <laughs> Here we go for another segment called Daily's Dynamic Duos. This is a weekly segment. I give you guys two picks of mine to have great weeks, to set your set up in your lineups and not really think twice about it. Um, they're going to blow up. That's my opinion. That's what I'm saying. I've been doing okay with these, pretty good. And, uh, you know, a couple of, um, couple of not so great, but, you know, decent performances, not what I had hoped, but, you know, doing hitting pretty well on these. So we'll see going forward. Uh, hopefully this pans out and I can give you guys some good advice today. So again, dy- daily's dynamic duos, a weekly segment. And here we go for week five. We're going to, you know, I like to mix up the order I do it in. I'm going to start today with the tight end. So I have two tight ends here that I think are going to have nice weeks for you. Now, the first tight end is one that I've uh, he's been featured here on this segment before, and I think we're going to go back to the well with him, and that is Jonu Smith. He is up against the Bills this week, and I like him assuming they play the game. Now, we, we've said earlier in the new segment that the uh, Bills and Titans game is a little up in the air for this week. We'll see. You know, they already had one game postponed um, against the Steelers. We're hoping that doesn't happen again, but, you know, looks like they haven't uh, done – Great with the protocols, so we got a little bit of a spread of COVID. But Jonu Smith, if the game goes on, he is one of my dynamic duo tight ends. Uh, listen, the Bills, uh, you know, they gave up nine receptions on 12 targets to Darren Waller in week four, okay, um, you know, when they took on the, the Vegas Raiders. So, you know, it's they, they can be beat by tight ends, and they are currently missing – Still, linebacker Matt Milano, he's their tight end stopper. He's a fantastic uh, linebacker and very good in coverage against tight ends. But, um, you know, we've been attacking this Bills uh, linebacker core that's been without Matt Milano here on this segment for a a couple weeks. So we're going to go back to the well here. He's still likely out as he is, um, you know, dealing with an injury. He was uh, did not practice again today, Thursday. It's uh, consecutive days. Uh, on on the injury report still so um not looking promising for him to go so for for me um you know AJ Brown might be back this week and he's probably going to you know at least sooner sooner or later probably sooner rather than later he's going to assume the number 1 target share you know take that back but as of right now I think they're going to ease him in a little bit coming off the bone bruise injury that he's been dealing with um but they also the the 
you know, the cabinet's pretty, pretty bare right now. Adam Humphreys, COVID. Okay. Corey Davis now, COVID. So they won't be playing in this game again if the game gets played. So these targets are going to go to Johnu Smith this week. I think it's going to be a lot of um, kind of underneath balls. Uh, I think you'll see a good dosage of uh, Derrick Henry in this one as well. Um, you know, the Bills are uh, better at the run, uh, you know, up against the run, but we'll, we'll see how uh, it pans out for Henry. But I think when they're in the air, and I think they'll have to put up points too because the Bills are no slouches on on offense and, and can put up points quickly, as you can see uh, Josh Allen having a fantastic year this year, um, even getting some talk about, you know, could he end up being the MVP if he keeps this up? I mean, very well could be. Um, but, yeah, with that said, I think Jonu Smith going to get a lot of targets this week, and I think he'll make the best of it. I, th- I think he gets in the end zone um, at least once, uh, you know, in a, in a game where they're going to have to score. I think the Titans are going to have to throw a little bit too. So, um, you know, we'll see how it goes. Uh, just, just a not, you know, it's very slim pickings uh, in the receiving core for for uh, for the Titans in what we're hoping gets played. You know, with this uh, COVID stuff, who knows? But John Smith, he is my number one tight end for my dynamic duo with tight ends. And then the second tight end is Dalton Schultz. Uh, the Cowboys are going up against the Giants. Then we're hoping, uh, well, when I say we, I say Cowboys fans. I am a Cowboys fan, as you guys know. Uh, we're hoping that we can actually get a win here. But you know, I I'm not gonna. Uh, you know, put any money on that, any money that uh, means anything to me because, again, their defense is god awful. But let's let's just look at Schultz for right now, and we'll talk about what the, you know the implications for the defense here. Uh, three games that he started, Dalton Schultz, where he you know obviously filled in for Blake Jarwin, who went down in week one. Um, he had ten targets against Atlanta, six targets against Seattle, and eight targets against Cleveland. Like six, eight, ten targets. Those are all. For a tight end, again, in the tight end landscape, that's usually so, it's like a desert out there. Uh, you know, Dalton Schultz soaking up a, a lot of targets that are high-value targets for a team that moves the ball well and is in scoring position quite often. Uh, I, I like I like Schultz. You know, I I, I think, uh, you know, a handful of episodes ago, I was a little down on him just like out of that week one. I'm like, eh, I don't know if he's someone you want to grab, but uh, I think I was wrong there. I You know, he's someone that, again, he's not going to be your Travis Kelsey type or anything like that, but he can certainly be in that Jonu Smith realm of at least he's soaking up some decent target share, target share in a team that can move the ball quite well. You know, he's uh, he's he's someone that, you know, he, he's the guy. He's not, There's no one else behind him, really. Uh, uh, Bell is, is the other guy, uh, but he's not doing much of anything. He's This guy's Dalton Schultz is a pass catcher, and he's proven that he's more athletic than, than maybe even I thought. Um, you know, he's had two touchdowns already. I, I, they're always passing. Dallas is always passing. They're always behind. I don't think that's going to change much this season. Their defense may improve a bit because there's nowhere to go but up, but I just don't see it being a situation where they're they're going to have a lot of game scripts that don't favor passing. Maybe maybe this week against the Giants, who have been horrible on offense and defense, but we'll just have to see, um, you know, how it goes. But Cowboys are going to consistently be in, in comeback mode, and, uh, you know, this week may not be the case because the defense is porous on both sides. I think there will be a lot of scoring, so there's that. Um, you know, it's going to be a high-scoring matchup. Vegas has this as you know the over/under. I believe is like 54, so or it was 54. We'll see what it, what it ends up before Sunday, <laughs> before kickoff. But uh, you know, th- I think that both defenses are so horrif- horrifyingly bad that they're just going to keep the score is going to run up. Um, so we'll see how it goes. Um, but yeah, Dalton Schultz, Jonu Smith could be uh, big plays for you this week. Get them in your lineups. Those are my tight end dynamic duos for week five. Uh, let's go to another set of pass catchers, and those are the wide receivers for the week. And, uh, the, you know, we have a bit of a theme here. I'm sure you'll figure it out once I get to the second guy. But the first guy is DJ 
Chark, DJ Chark, the Jacksonville Jaguars take on the uh, Houston Texans. And um, he had a big week, uh, week, week four to DJ Chark in his return. He had uh, eight grabs. I think he had 95 yards, yep, and two touchdowns. So two touchdowns, you know, uh, you're coming off an injury and all that stuff. You've been out, you grab two touchdowns, and you put up almost 100 yards. You know, fantasy owners were very pleased, and hopefully you got him in your lineup. Uh, you know, some people were probably a little bit skeptical with him coming off injury, but if you got him in, you were probably happy. He probably went a long way in helping you hopefully win your matchup. But, um, you know, Minshew missed uh, Chark when he was out. You know, he, the offense sputtered, even against the the – the struggling Miami defense, they it sputtered. They couldn't get things going. Um, you know, that was a week that uh, I, I actually ended up uh, starting Minshew. I streamed Minshew that week in such a great matchup. Thursday night football, yeah, I'm ready to watch it. And wow, it was horrible. So, uh, you know, that's uh, he missed him and he got him back. And and here we are, you know. Um, so something to, to think about with regards to uh, how much he actually, you know, the target share will go Chark's way. He's a huge part of that offense and making sure that it can move. Now here's a stat for you um, with regards to their game against the Texans here. You know, the Texans in the first four weeks, their defense has given up a touchdown to three out of the four number one wide receivers on teams they faced. Like, so, you know, on their opponent's teams. Um, So Tyreek Hill, he had a touchdown when they played them. Juju Smith, Schuster, he had a touchdown. And uh, Thielen, he had a monster game, actually eight grabs for 114 yards and a touchdown. So, um, you know, that's promising as well. Chark being the big body guy, uh, his, you know, he's got the height advantage on every single DB on the uh, Texan side of the ball. So, and, and think about this: Texans just fired their coach. This is a week where it could be a little take take advantage of the vulnerabilities of uh, you know any con- inconsistencies from you know the, the coaching switch. I think uh, Romeo Cornell took over there, who's a you know seasoned vet, of course, but. Um, I think this could be a big week for DJ Chark and Vegas has this uh, over under at 54 points. I expect, you know, and as does Vegas, a lot of scoring in this one with both defenses being subpar against the passing game. So back and forth, DJ Chark, get him in your lineup. I think he's going to have a big, big week following up his big, big week from last week. Here we go. And you know, let's see if we can figure out what the, uh, the commonality here is for our number two wide receiver, Dynamic duo of the of week five, we have DJ Moore. So we got DJ Chark and DJ Moore. It's a little battle of DJs. All right. So uh, DJ Moore, you know, I, I I was high on DJ Moore coming into this year. I drafted him in a couple of leagues. Very happy to do so. And uh, you know, I have been disappointed this these first handful of years in uh, years feels like years. Uh, first 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 couple of weeks or few weeks now. Um, and it's it's certainly uh, it's throwing me for a bit of a loop here. I, you know, I expected him to be a bigger part of the offense, which I, I shouldn't say he's not a big part of the offense. He's getting the target share. Him and uh, Robbie Anderson, who's the, the newcomer from uh, you know uh, from the Jets, he uh, you know they're sharing they're sharing the target share pretty evenly. Um, but I think this is the breakout week for DJ Moore. Why? They're up against the Falcons. The Falcons are. Horrifying. They're giving up the fourth most yards to wide receivers in this first quarter of the season. So in the first four games, they are giving up the fourth most uh, yards to wide receivers. Um, I mean, you could just tell the lack of communication on the back end of that defense. If you watch the Monday night game against the Packers, it was horrifying. People going basically wide open. I mean, their tight end, uh, Tanyan, had a monster game. Was it three touchdowns? I mean, just absolutely horrific they're dealing with injuries they're dealing with covid i mean it's you know their backfield their defensive backfield it is it is really really bad now um if when you put uh, dj moore and robbie anderson's uh 
target share numbers together, they actually account for like 49% of the target share, uh, which is huge. I think um, if I remember correctly, I want to say uh, uh, Robbie understands 25% of the target share. And I think DJ Moore is sitting right beneath them at 24. So it's not like he's like super heavy favoring one guy or the other, um, but it, it's the roles of their targets and like what they look like. That's kind of, not what people expected. So Robbie Anderson actually was, you know, on the Jets and and, and all that. He w- he was the downfield threat, right? He was the field stretcher. Uh, that's not so much the case. He he's you know he's doing a little bit of that, but he's more so in the intermediate kind of crossing pattern and stuff like that. He's he's kind of the shorter guy this year. Um, whereas DJ Moore, who was in that sort of role last year, is is doing a bit more of the field stretching, the vertical route. So um, that could be an issue with why maybe the the connection isn't completely there yet. And I think they just need to scheme it a little better. But um, I think you know because Teddy Bridgewater coming into the year was not really known for his uh, his his long ball, so to speak, like in, in the vertical passing game. Um, I, I think he, you know, it seems like he's, he's improving there quite a bit. So hopefully that remains to be, you know, hopefully we'll see more of that. But um, I think that's been a bit of the, you know, a bit of the, uh, the issue here. And, and you got to think about this too, especially now they don't have Christian McCaffrey to really be like kind of that centerpiece of their passing game, which he has been for uh, you know a little bit of time now, um, but he's been out and Mike Davis. Yeah. He's, he's gotten his touches and he's done. Okay. But, you know, he hasn't been like the focal point and rightfully so he's not Christian McCaffrey of their, of their passing game out of the backfield. So, um, you know, there's, there's certainly targets to go around and it's something that we want to keep an eye on. But again, this week against this Falcons defense, I think this is the breakout game. We're all hoping for all of our D, the, the DJ Moore owners out there. Um, this could be it. And again, another massive shootout, uh, prediction here from the, um, from Vegas calling it a 55 point over under. All right. So all these like, 50 plus games. These are, these are the ones that we're expecting big scores. in. so I think DJ Moore gets in the end zone uh, this week and, and certainly helps and racks up some yards against this really, really poor secondary. Um, so DJ Moore and DJ Chark, those are my two dynamic duo wide receivers for the week. Let's move on to the running back position. We'll finish, uh, finish off the quarterbacks now. Okay. Listen, this first one I know is going to be a, a low hanging fruit. Okay. All right. Ezekiel Elliott. He's my running back, um, you know, dynamic, uh, Daly's dynamic duo. He's my number one of this dynamic duo running back for week number five. Now, again, I know low hanging fruit. You draft them third overall, more than likely. Of course you're starting them. I'm, you know, this isn't a strict starter sick column, so to speak. This is me telling you guys, I think are going to have monster games um, that maybe you're not thinking of, but, or, or maybe you've been, you know, disappointing for where you drafted him or whatever it is. And I think that's the case with Elliott. Now, this is a guy that we we drafted third overall in most leagues, sometimes second, you know, depending on the league and who who's picking there and all that stuff. But he's he's had an okay start. He's had a good solid start, but it hasn't been the Camara start that some people, you know, that, that you wanted. It hasn't been the, you know, the Christian Christian McCaffrey weeks of of, uh, of last year and all that stuff. It hasn't been that top three sort of um output that you that you that you love to see out of someone you're spending such high draft capital on um i'm featuring him here in this in this you know in this uh segment here because i think he has the opportunity to have one of those massive massive weeks for you in week number five you know in weeks three and four he put up 14.8 points in a half point ppr um he put up that was in week three and then in week four he put up like 16 and a half or so so I mean, again, nothing to you know, nothing to poo-poo at, you know, but it is 
not what you want. You want something in the twenties. You want something that's, you know, pushing 30. Um, and again, you're not going to get that every week, more than likely just game plans, game flow doesn't always accommodate that. But you know, for a team that's scoring this much in the Dallas Cowboys having to score this much, you know, you want to see more, especially out of a guy that, you know, has some chops in the passing game. And yes, the Cowboys have been passing quite a bit. So that does account for some of this, but this is a game where they may not need to pass quite you know as much i think they want to control the clock in this game if i'm mike mccarthy and i want to prove to jerry jones why he hired me then you know what i'm going to get back to basics old school football we're going to score you know we're going to do our best to score you know uh and we can we we know we can against the giants defense and we have against other weak defenses so far this year really against every defense we've scored quite a quite a bit but um what you know what i'm doing is i'm running the ball keeping my putrid defense on the bench and making sure we can we can do what we can to keep the clock going but also at the end of these drives capitalize and score points and how are we going to do that run the ball with ezekiel elliott he doesn't you know he has burst in some games and then he doesn't look as as burstful in other games but i think he got it he's he's someone that he builds off of momentum and he uh you know can pick up uh you know that momentum and bring and turn it into yards and and Yards after contact, and you know he's he's a he's a momentum sort of guy, and I think you feed him the ball, get him the ball early and often. I think it's going to pay out for your um, for your fantasy squad now, or excuse me, for the for the team, and then for <laughs> inversely for our fantasy squad. Um, so that's something that I'm hoping to see this week as a Dallas fan and as someone who is rooting for Zeke to do well for his fantasy owners. Um, they just got to get back to basics, and you know the Giants. The Giants defense isn't good. So take advantage of it. Um, run the ball down their throats. I'm going to go on a limb. I don't even think it's that big of a limb. I'm going to say that the Cowboys feed Zeke this week. Okay, they feed him. And I think that, I'll. you know what? I'm going to say he's going to have 150 total yards. So receiving and running, of course. Um, 150 total yards at least. And that's my low ball number. I'm going to say 150 total and two touchdowns. That's that's my bold prediction for the week, and that's why I put Zeke in the uh, Daily's Dynamic Duo segment this week. I think he has a monster week. I think this is one of those, oh, that's why I drafted him with the number three overall pick or number two or whatever it was. Um, yeah, he has all the skill and potential to be you know, the number one back by the end of the year. It's just about using him correctly and game flow and game script, and I think this is a good one for him. So, Zeke owners, you know, those 14s and 15s, yeah, they're okay. They do all right for you, but they're not giving you what you want. I think this week is going to be one of those ones where you're sitting pretty uh, after that game. I think it's a 1 o'clock game. You're sitting pretty feeling really good about your position going into the 4 o'clock games uh, and how many points you your team has. And hopefully the team around them, uh, you know, scores well too. But Ezekiel running back number one for my daily dynamic duos. And my second one is uh, not so big name and a, a rookie at that. And that's Antonio Gibson of the Washington football team. Okay. So here's, here's a little formula here. The Washington football team inserts Kyle Allen into their lineup. You insert Antonio Gibson into your fantasy lineups. Here's why. Um, Kyle Allen. Okay. He's not a, a you know, um, he's not your Peyton Manning or your, Tom Brady or, or any of these guys, right? He's not your Michael Vick or Lamar Jackson who's going to light uh, electrify the field. This is a guy that, you know, he can manage a game. He can, he can make some throws here and there, but he's not someone that is uh, going to inspire confidence for uh, the Washington uh, fan base there. And he's not someone that I think is going to do much to 
kind of changed their fate this year at all. Um, I think that they could potentially be in that uh, sweepstakes for Trevor Lawrence next year. But um, what I what I want to see this week is how Kyle Allen uses in what I think is going to happen, how he's going to use Antonio Gibson. And this is a guy that, you know, under, um, under the coaching uh, of Ron Rivera in, um, where were they? Carolina, of course, uh, you know, he had Christian McCaffrey, a pass catching specialist back that, you know, is, is quick and elusive and, and, and can, uh, can certainly run between the tackles as well. And this is a guy that, you know, in Antonio Gibson, I'm not saying he's Christian McCaffrey, but he's a similar type of player in the sense of, what you want to use them for. Uh, and I think they use them for that. Listen, they're, they're, they're up against the Rams this week. The Rams can put up points. Yeah, they had a stinker last week against the Giants. I think that was an anomaly. I think that they'll get back on track this week. You know, the Redskins aren't, aren't great. Um, they're not the worst team in the league on defense, but they're certainly not great. They're not going to uh, kill you uh, on offense for sure. So I expect the Rams to actually be ahead in this game for, for quite a bit. I, I think the, you know, Kyle Allen, he's a former Panther standing. I think he stands in here. And, you know, with the way this is going, if they're benching Haskins this early, I, I don't see why you don't see, um, uh, you know, a little bit of uh, a little bit of Kyle Allen here and there. And then is it possible we see Alex Smith that, you know, the story there is something I'm rooting for, you know, that horrific injury is like, oh, but, uh, you know, I'd love to see him playing again and i think he probably gives them the best chance to win right now probably out of these three he gives them the best chance to win we'll see what the injury uh recovery uh, looks like but you know i think that uh as, his, as he stands in here kyle and allen and he you know they're they're going to be uh relying on those are the, the you know the running backs pretty heavily um you know jd mckissick is in the mix here too but antonio gibson's the guy that they really believed in in training camp and i think that that's uh going to show uh going forward here um because he can catch the ball you know, and, and he's gonna he's gonna get the checkdowns. We know that. Um, you know, it's something that uh, you know, it's it's just gonna happen for for what they're gonna need to do. Uh, you know, because again, Jalen Ramsey's out there. He's gonna probably be shadowing uh, McLaurin, so they're gonna need to check down. They're gonna need to check down to the running backs, and uh, that'll certainly be something that Antonio Gibson can take advantage of. And plus, he I mean, he's, he's no slouch. He can run, be, you know, run between the tackles and stuff. And the Rams are are kind of middle of the pack at, at, you know, rushing defense too. So again, not something that completely scares me. I'm more scared of their pass rush, even though it hasn't been up to snuff, uh, you know, any team with Aaron Donald on it and any holes in an offensive line that, that scares me a bit. So, uh, again, get Antonio Gibson into your lineup. I think that you will, uh, you will not regret it at all. Um, I think he has one of his better weeks of the season so far. And then last but not least, let's go to the quarterback position. Some names that are not exactly the sexiest, but could be uh, very, very fruitful. I think will be very, very fruitful for your um, lineups this week. And the first one is Teddy Bridgewater. All right. Stat number one or fact number one, Teddy Bridgewater plays the Falcons. And I just talked about how bad the Falcons have been. I talked about DJ Moore being one of my breakouts this week, one of my daily dynamic duo wide receivers. So I'm going to go back to that well. And Teddy Bridgewater is someone that I am definitely starting in my lineups this week. If I uh, need to stream or, you know, uh, maybe I have uh, Rodgers and he's on by or something like that. This is uh, a place I definitely would look to um, for uh, someone to stream. Now, um, again, prime time Packers Falcons. You, you hopefully saw it. If you're, you know, if you're a serious fantasy guy, you're probably watching, hopefully watching all the games and taking as many notes as you possibly can, at least, you know, mentally to see what, what's going on. But um, you know, there, there's some real, real problems in the secondary there. They're not getting, uh, you know, pressure in the quarterback either. It's communication issues. The defense is a wreck. And I, I just expect Tampa Bay, or excuse me, Teddy, 
I wrote TB uh, on my note here. I really expect uh, Teddy Bridgewater to uh, to be um, certainly chucking the ball around the field. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's something that, um, you know, I, I, I just, for me, uh, you know, I, I want to attack this, this secondary as much as I possibly can this year. Uh, it's just, they are, they are that bad. Um, and, and you know, it, it there's going to be points in this one. I think, I think the over under here is 55. So again, no, another one of the higher over unders of the week, there's going to be points here. Um, you know, the, the Falcons are, are definitely going to score some points as well. Hopefully they get Julio back. So that is even more the case because the more weapons, I think the more points for them, um, you know, but teams, t- they tend to succeed, succeed more on the passing game versus the Falcons and the running game, the running game. They're actually the 10th uh, rush of 10th ranked, rushing defense uh, in yards allowed per game. So they're actually doing a decent job at stopping the, the run. And that's because a lot of people are passing on like simple as that. People want to pass against these Falcons because they know the way to beat them. Um, but yeah, and, and Teddy Bridgewater, you know, he, he scored a touchdown on the, on the ground. I believe it was last week. And, you know, he's not known as a pure runner or anything. He's no Lamar Jackson or something like that. But uh, he, you know, that rushing ability might give him a little bit of a floor, but again, it's not, you know, it depends on the week, I think, and, and scheming and, and, you know, is he scrambling or whatever it is. It doesn't look like there's a ton of designed runs or anything because, again, that's not really his game. But, um, you know, he, he scored last week on a running touchdown, so it's not like he's got the speed. He can do it, um, but it's not what he's relying on. He's more of a uh, let me let me throw the ball down the field sort of guy. But um, I think Teddy Bridgewater has some great uh, great potential to, uh, to, to score some good points for you and surprise a lot of people this week. So Teddy Bridgewater, one of my – dynamic duo quarterback starts for this week and then last but not least and last uh second quarterback here my last dynamic duo player is someone that uh helped me win to win a fantasy championship for uh one of my leagues a few years ago it's crazy to think when you know when he was back on the uh on washington and that is kirk cousins kirk cousins plays the seahawks right i said teddy bridgewater plays the falcons well kirk cousins plays the seahawks seahawks these are the the bottom two passing defenses in the league and this one I believe is the highest over under of the week at 58 points so I really really like um the potential for this to have uh, you know this game to have a ton of points a ton of points now through the uh, first four weeks Seattle is actually ranked dead last their passing defense they're giving up an average of 401 yards per game think about that 401 yards per game that is massive now but on the on the other side of that seattle is actually third in rushing defense so if you think about that seattle's third in rushing defense um you know so they're they're stopping the run now you might say oh wow are they really that good against the run i don't think so i think people see how bad they are um you know it, on the on the back end of their defense there's their secondary that they're actually just saying you know what we're gonna beat them through the air the cowboys tried to do it and didn't really have much success or you know they, they scored a lot of points but de- definitely uh couldn't get the win there again another sad uh sad moment for me a cowboys fan but um you know are they that good on, against the run no I, maybe not but it, it might have something to do with the fact that their attempts through four weeks the attempts the uh rushing attempts against the seahawks they have the fifth fewest rushing attempts against them. All right. 89 rushing attempts. So in four games, teams have only, you know, total, they have 89. So whatever, do the math there. Uh, 22 ish, 22 and a quarter, uh, attempts a game, you know, uh, and that's total rushing attempts, whether it's a, you know, running back run, whether it's a quarterback run, whether it's a, um, you know, uh, end around by wide receiver total. So that's their average in, you know, in the four games. Um, but 89 total rushing attempts against them. The Texans are, you know, have the most against them, 149. 
So 60 more rushing attempts. Crazy, right? So that's it's that's insane. That's two thirds essentially of what of what they have against them over what they're at. So it, it's uh they're just not getting run on. So that's why I don't, you know, I think Dalvin Cook definitely can have a, a, a decent game for you. I don't think it's going to be a monster game like he's had been having, like these massive games. I think he'll have a respectable game because he's he's that skilled. And I think the 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 Vikings will move the ball in scoring position for them for sure. Um, and, it, you know, I, it's not like the, the Seahawks are going to stop everything in the run, but they just haven't really had to defend it like a lot of these other teams in the league. Um because everyone's throwing on them. So for that to be said, you know, you know, I want to say this, the other, the other thing, Seattle's got the most pass attempts against them, and that's at 200. So they're the number one in pass attempts against. So it's, I mean, this is this is uh, all to say, I haven't said his name in a while here in this segment, but Kirk Cousins is going to be slinging this ball around. And that's why I also, a little sneaky start here, and he's not that sneaky, he's not out of nowhere or anything, people know about him, but I think Justin Jefferson, um, you know, and he plays a good amount, of, um, good amount of his plays out of the slot, snaps out of the slot. I think Justin Jefferson could be a, you know, this could be a huge, huge, huge game for him again. I know he had one a couple weeks ago, and that's when he was a hot waiver pickup. Um, sadly, I had him in one of my leagues and uh, dropped him a couple weeks before that. I think like after week one, I, I, I dropped him to pick up somebody else, and I uh, kind of regret that here, but uh, it is what it is. And um, but I think Justin Jefferson gonna have a big week. I think Kirk Cousins, obviously the one feeding him and the others the ball, and I'm feeling. Um, uh, you know, I think Kirk Cousins is going to really, really, really do some damage for you this week. So without further ado, guys, that has been Daily's Dynamic Duos, a weekly segment that I love doing. And uh, it's it's great for uh, trying to figure out who the best plays are each week. And hopefully uh, you guys uh, are being helped by this week in and week out. And hopefully if you got any of these guys, you're starting them and you're feeling pretty good about them going into Sunday. Um, but yeah, so after this, okay, after a short little break here, we're going to go into... The medical tent with Dr. Ed Strasnick, and he will uh, will talk about some of the week um, this week's injuries leading into Week Five and what those mean for those players and you guys as fantasy managers. So we'll hear about that right after this. Thank you, guys. All right, so our next segment we'll be talking to Dr. Ed Strasnick, doctor of physical therapy, guys. Um, this has been a, a a popular segment. People like to hear uh, what to expect out of the injuries going on uh, in their you know on their fancy rosters, and this is what we do. We have a physical therapist to help us navigate uh, what can be quite confusing um, landscape of injuries for us uh, us non doctor folks. So, uh, without further ado, let's get into the interview with Dr. Ed Strasnick. All right, and as always, I am pleased to be joined by our next guest, our recurring guest, friend of the show, Dr. Ed Strasnick. He is a doctor of physical therapy, and if you've been listening to the show, you know he's been helping you through each week to figure out how to deal these with these injuries and go through all, all the possible uh, all the possibilities of when players come back. So, Dr. Ed Strasnick, thank you again for joining us. How's everything going for you? Hey, Joe, glad to be back. You know, it's going pretty good today, I must say. Um, you know, I'm feeling cautiously optimistic for my own fantasy uh, stakes considering my dear friend Michael Thomas should be nearing the end of his high ankle rehab roster for hopefully in one of my leagues my first win of the season so that that's because of injuries folks not because of my poor judgment no no it couldn't be yeah no so <laughs> Michael Thomas you know so that hey you might hear it here first he might have a breakout game it sounds like that's what Ed is predicting or cautious 
cautiously optimistic, but it's good to hear. Listen, we got a lot of injuries that we want to talk about today. Some uh, some big names that you know were were pretty high picks in drafts that are certainly disappointing some people. All right, so we'll start with Nick Chubb, big name. Uh, he was a first round pick for a lot of people, second or, or, or early second round pick. Uh, he's going to be out six weeks with a knee injury, specifically an MCL injury, uh, MCL sprain. Why don't you talk a little bit about that? They're saying six weeks. Does that seem reasonable to you? Uh, you know, kind of. How do you see this playing out? And um, you know, with some of the injury history he's had, certainly at uh, the University of Georgia with his PCL injury he suffered there. But, you know, what do you see as any long term effects of that too? Is is that something that we should be concerned about going forward? Well, you know, in terms of long-term effects, the MCL injury shouldn't cause a much issue. Um, you know, a little bit about the MCL, it's a ligament in the inside of the knee um, that really gives the knee some stability. Anytime there's you're pushing off, you're changing direction, anything that will put stress on the outside of the leg, pushing it inward, um, that's what the MCL works to, to function and uh, stabilize that part of the knee joint. Now, with regard to the timeline, six weeks tells me it's a probably a mi- pretty mild injury. Um, not something that fantasy owners should be concerned with if you have a pretty solid team and going deep. Um, but he, he will miss a little bit of time. You know, most of these injuries are four, four to 12 weeks, depending. And uh, in his case, when they're saying six weeks, I'm guessing it's better at work. Uh, you know, if he's working, he should be back, you know, you know, mid to late end of your, the fantasy season. So say that in, in, uh, Leagues you want to drop. It certainly has some trade appeal to teams that are contenders. That in mind, especially in Dynasty. But yeah, he'll he'll be back. Awesome. Yeah, that's a good point too about you know if, if you're a team that might be hurting after his loss, maybe trying to flip him to someone in a few weeks when he's closer to coming back. That's a uh, pretty good a uh, pretty good advice, Ed. And I wish you the best in your league. So uh, that, that was Chubb and with the knee injury. Let's go over to the hamstring. It seems like the hamstring bug is going around. We got. Austin Eckler, this is uh, one from week four. He's going to be missing four to six weeks. Uh, Devontae Adams of the Packers, star wide receiver there, kind of their main guy. He's been at, you know out of the lineup for a few weeks now. And then Julio has been in and out. So he, he start, tried playing a little bit last week or, you know, whatever week it was, and then he was back out. And, you know, I'm, I'm you know, as a fantasy guy, I look at these, and I know hamstring, soft tissue injury, we've been talking about those, and they can be lingering and stuff. Are these guys you consider trading? for fear of some of the lingering effects. I know they're like taking some cautions specifically with like Adams and Eckler it looks like four to six weeks, but you know, how, as, as a physical therapist, when you see these and you know, you're a fancy guy as well, what, what are you thinking when you see this? Well, Joe, I think the first episode isn't even start tissue injuries. And I'd like to give myself a nice pat on the back and say, you know what? Your boy was right. Um, <laughs> you uh, <laughs> going forward with the hamstring injuries, you know, if you're trying to, these are guys that, if you know, look at Julio, prime example, on and off, might get on the field. Is you know, even if he's slot, uh, you know, slotted to play, he might have to. He might come up, come up limp and and get pulled from the game after one quarter or one drive. So, you know, it's they're they're always tough plays and they're not very predictable. Some guys come back quick. Some guys are, you know, in and out of these injuries for the entire course of the year, uh, and then they need the whole off season to get it right. Um, you know, in the instance, if you have a high profile like Julio or or an Adams, is that you might actually want to consider trading. Um, but you have to realize that if you're going to trade them, you might take some little value player and um, 
but trade for that consistency versus having that guy that's not going to be in your lineup consistently. Sure. So, yeah. you know, you might... a zero from the guy doesn't really help your fantasy Right, squad, exactly. So, so yeah. in terms of the prestige or the the overall outcome, if they were healthy, you might be getting the lower end of the deal. But in the long term, uh, team, it's probably a better deal overall. Sure, sure, yeah. Yeah, it's those, like you've been saying, you know, ever since our conversation, guys, check the tape. He's right on this. The hamstring injuries and the soft tissue stuff, it's yeah. it's a scary thing. So a lot of people dealing with these right now. And these, again, big names, big names, you know, week in, week out that we're losing to these sort of injuries. So definitely something to consider and check all your options and shop around and see what you can do. The last, the last guy I want to talk about was someone we haven't seen play this season because back in, I think it was like December, maybe, uh, yeah, it was around the end of the year. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey of the Philadelphia Eagles, they're, they're you know, number one. Like, well, right now he's their number zero over here, but their number one ride receiver typically. He's recovering from list Frank surgery, which um, tell us a little bit about that. I know it's a foot injury and you get that surgery. You know, the rehab process is it's, you know, I've been reading a little bit about it. They say it's long. Is this too long if he was doing it back in December or January or whenever, whenever it was? No. Uh, and, and what is the effectiveness out of this sort of injury after that time off? You know, Joe, it's, it's 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 you know looking at the timeline, it's really not out of touch with Liz Frank injuries. The issues with most of these rehab uh, injuries are the slow, you know, the poor blood flow to the area. So, um, you know, you get a lot of post-operative complications or post-injuries um, when people do things too early and the bone doesn't heal correctly. Now, I'm sure they're using bone stimulation machines and and doing everything with that knowing that, you know, he's a wide receiver and he puts a lot of stress through his foot. Um, but he's a little bit older. He, he's he's a big body. He's a target at this point, but he kind of lost that deep field speed. Um, right. So, you know, if I have Alshon Jeffrey on my bench, I'll keep him, but I'm really not going to trade for him or think I'm going to get a steal by trying to get him. Right, yeah. He's a I, player I had that him with for... a lot of the hamstring guys. If you can get rid of him and get something back, just the guy that you'll you'll put in your lineup, I think it's right. worth it. No, yeah, it's a smart day. So I saw that he was nearing a nearing a return. Uh, I you know stuck him on a couple of my benches in different leagues just to see. But you know they're so hurt in Philadelphia. Uh, they're they're losing so many guys left and right that you know it it just might just be based on attrition that Alshon or you know Ertz has been kind of hit and miss more miss likely. So it's. We'll see with with people falling and ineffectiveness, you know, and it, it, it's certainly uh, certainly a crazy thing. Now, Ed, I had one more question for you, and this is something it's like a, a weird debate I've been hearing uh, with regards to injuries and stuff. And I want I want your professional opinion. People say, you know, you, you talk about guys being injury prone, right? Yep. But you know, I've also been reading people saying like that's not really a thing. Is that a thing? Is injury prone like something? You know, people we say it, but is that something that's actually the case for for guys for athletes? Um, you know, there are guys that you could say are technically injury prone. You know, there's some people that are structurally built differently. You know, they're, sure. um, you have a higher percent of type two muscle fibers, type one muscle fibers. Um, they might have more laxity in their ligament. Um, natural variability with any, any person, whether you're a professional athlete or just a guy or NARP, non-athletic regular person. Um, <laughs> like yourself. <laughs> thank you. I, you calling me a regular person is one of the nicest things you ever said to me. So thank you. I appreciate that. For those who don't know, Joe once ran a, I think it was like a seven and a half second forty yard dash, 
Um, you're almost in jeans, please. In jeans, jeans a dress shirt. Come on, you, listen. Well, you seen both. It's a little bit, you know, it's a little bit heavier. But then, come on, we gotta maybe we redo this. Come on, four two. So I, I don't know, Joe. Uh, I, I think you're reaching there. But anyways, uh, that's true. The, um, you know, injury people can be injury prone. Um, some of it could be genetic. Um, yeah. You know, some of you know that their bodies can't handle the stress of you know somebody in their same position. Um, there's right. also people that uh, you know they're injury prone due to training. You know, it's almost self inflicted because you know they didn't work on flexibility. They didn't work on um, the correct strengthening. So those situations that they're putting themselves in because of their God-given natural speed and stuff like that, they don't right. have that strength to make the cuts. And so you know. Can you say somebody's injury prone? Sure, I guess you could, but it's not necessarily because of a lot of, for most part, it's training error and it's not a fault of their, right. of natural selection. It's more or less their, uh, national, you know, natural tendency not to put the effort in off season do the correct stuff. So, um, awesome. Man. That's, that's definitely good insight and certainly, a, you know, something I definitely want to dig in deeper on with some of these players that we do see get injured more and maybe we can look into what those causes might be, you know, going into, and we're getting ahead of ourselves, but maybe going into next season, no, I will say, we, Joe, uh, you know, our pre-draft time with, you know, people that get different injuries or injury prone, but you know, people that have had injuries that cause fibrotic change, changes in those certain areas of the body, whether it be uh, chronic tearing, which, which changes the morphology of the tissue, um, in those instances, those people are more prone to recurring the same injury, but the new injuries wow. might not necessarily be the case. All right, excellent. Listen, good to know. Good to know. I mean, any little slight advantage or edge we can take as fantasy managers, we got to do it. So, Ed, thank you again for being here with us. And listen, I want to wish you the best of luck this week in your in your fantasy endeavors. I'm hoping Michael Thomas goes out and scores 30 points for you. Because uh, I have Drew Brees starting in a league uh, or two, <laughs> and, uh, and you know I'd like to be on the receiving end of uh, some Michael Thomas magic as well. So hey. hey, listen, good luck, sir, and thank you again. Thanks, Joe. Best of luck this week. We both need it. Yes, we do. <laughs> Take it easy, right, my man. Bye. All right, guys, to end the show today, we're going to end up with our segment called the Fantasy Q&A. And this is an opportunity for me to answer any questions you guys might have and you send our way via, um, you know, the different social media outlets on Twitter and Instagram at airing it out FF at airing it out FF. If you don't already follow, give that a follow. Thank you. And uh, also on our website as well, you can reach us uh, there on the contact page. But uh, with that said, guys, we'll get right into the Fantasy Q&A Q&A today, and we have our first question from at Jaden underscore Sorkin. At Jaden underscore Sorkin asks, is Joshua Kelly a good flex play, or is Melvin Gordon Melvin Gordon safer? Um, well, I'm going to start by answering the question directly. I think Melvin Gordon is a safer play this week. However, I think Joshua Kelly could have a decent week, and he's definitely not like a bad flex play. I think that if you, uh, you know, if you're in a situation where uh, you don't have a Melvin Gordon to decide on for your flex, and uh, Josh Kelly's your guy, I think that's fine. Now, Melvin's up against the um, Patriots. 
that game's been rescheduled, I guess, to Monday, as uh, we just learned a little earlier today. And um, at the re- time of this recording, it turns out that Titans and Bills have been moved to Tuesday, which, again, making things a little bit shaky. Hopefully you guys have a backup plan in your league. Um, but here we are. Uh, so, um, you know, things are changing by the, by the minute, uh, even during the recording of this podcast. But with that said, um, Melvin Gordon up against the Pats and Josh Kelly's up against the Saints, uh, both apparently on Monday night. Isn't that fun? So, uh, definitely a, a scary situation when you're trying to make a call. But at least you have uh, some extra time to do it, and hopefully these games don't get postponed uh, even further back. Okay. Well, actually, that would answer your question for you. But regardless, let's get back to the question at hand. Um, the the Patriots, who uh, Gordon's up against, you know, and the Saints, who uh, Joshua Kelly's up against, they are both similar with regards to their uh, rush defense. They're letting up very similar numbers as far as yards per game, uh, about you know low one hundreds, one ten, one fifteen. You know, nothing nothing really to uh, be too, um, you know. Uh, you, you, it's not a defense you necessarily want to target uh, with regards to running back, but it's certainly not like, you know, there's no way your guy's scoring at all or, or, or running at all on this team. So um, nothing too scary there, but you know, it is what it is. Um, but for me, yeah, Melvin Gordon's a safer bet. We know his role for sure. He is the main guy, you know, Philip Lindsay's coming, you know, he's got the, he's got the injury, you know, he's trying to work his way back from that, but we know Melvin Gordon is a the guy they've been leaning on. Um, he had a nice week, uh, you know, a pretty decent week that ended up into a, a great week on a 43 yard touchdown run against the jets. And just, uh, it was horrible. I was playing against him in uh, one of my leagues. That was not fun. Actually two of my leagues. That was not fun to watch, but, uh, you know, here we are. Um, but, you know, I think Kelly could have a nice week too, but I'm going Melvin Gordon just because we know his role. Joshua Kelly, you know, he has, you know, with with um, the injury to Austin Eckler, certainly Joshua Kelly seems like he'd be the uh, the person that would that should take over there as the, as the main guy. But it's also been pretty clear that they don't have a main guy there. Um, they like to use a committee approach. Eckler was a part of that, uh, or at least a two-headed uh, backfield, you know, but um, Eckler was a part of that. He won't be for, for some time now. Um you know, but here comes Justin Jackson coming off injury. He was a part of this uh, setup last year. Uh, you know, in the Chargers' backfield, so I think he should slot in and see some good, um, you know, good, good, good amount of of work. But not, you know, I think Joshua Kelly will be the the number one or the you know the one A at least. You know, certainly at the gate, I think he's he's the, he's going to be the main guy. Um, certainly the goal goal line back, I would imagine as well. But uh, you know. Um, it's a little less. It's a little less known. So the safer bet, as you asked, is Melvin Gordon, and that's the guy I would play in this circumstance. All right, guys. This next question comes to us from at chance Courtney on Instagram at chance Courtney. He went ahead and asked about uh, rest of season sort of question. I like these where I get to kind of think about. Um, you know, we all we all do this, right? We have to think about who would we ra- who would we rather have, especially when we're making roster decisions, when we're picking up people, dropping people. Who would we rather have? Um, you know, spe- specifically, we want to do these things when we get the trade. So the question was, um, in your opinion, rest of season, would you rather have Robbie Anderson or Devonte Parker? Okay, so uh, my answer there is definitely I would rather have um, Devonte Parker, and it's not like a landslide sort of answer there where, you know, there's no, like, Robbie Anderson isn't even in the ballpark. I think Robbie Anderson's going to have a nice year. He's already having a pretty decent year, uh, as we've as we've talked about a little bit earlier. His target share is number one on the team, you know, uh, slightly ahead of, uh, you know, by a percentage point over uh, DJ Moore, who was the presumptive number one coming into the year. But uh, DJ Moore is definitely involved, excuse me, um, 
Robbie Anderson is definitely involved in, in this offense, but Devontae Parker for me, for a team in the Dolphins that are going to need to pass the ball quite a bit um, to uh, to stay in games, um, especially what you know they, they got Fitzpatrick in there now, and you know eventually I think this year you'll see Tua. Um, you know they're going to need to throw a bit to stay in these games. They're running the running uh, game isn't all that inspiring. Uh, you know, I, I just like Devontae Parker's size, his athleticism. He's a fantastic receiver. He took a little little while to to kind of come out of his uh, uh, performance shell there, but he, he finally has. And he's someone that I think that, uh, you know, could be, um, you know, a, a, a guy that, you know, is going to put up solid points for you week in, week out, most weeks because of the passing volume that he'll, he'll be seeing. Um, you know, just looking at some target numbers here, you know, Robbie Anderson on the season has 35 targets and, uh, Devontae Parker is not far behind with 30. They both have a touchdown. So it's, um, you know, their, their numbers aren't like miles apart and, and technically target wise, uh, you know, Anderson's uh, slightly ahead, but I, I, you know, it's not big enough for me to think and, you know, anything one way or the other, as far as target share goes, but it's just for me, I think it's Devontae Parker. I think he's the uh, the better kind of overall athlete and ride receiver. He's a bigger body. It's someone that, especially a guy like Tua, who's going to be entering the league. I, I look to him to go to these kind of bigger body receivers, and he's he's a guy. He's a uh, you know Tua when he takes over, he's super accurate, a great passer of the football, um, you know, great thrower. So for me, it's uh, it's someone that you know these big bodied receivers are going to be able to go up and get it i'm going to hit, i'm going to hit it right to that spot uh where you can kind of uh catch it in the in the defender can't sort of sort of throws and i think you'll see a lot of those that's why i think Kasiki rest of season especially when Tua comes in is someone to definitely keep an eye on as well just because of his big his big frame um but yeah that's uh it's, it's close it's definitely close but i think i'd go Devontae parker with that one right there all right, this question comes from at TomJH1, at TomJH1. Um, he asks, and this is a, a pretty interesting one, he said, um, for a flex this week, for a flex this week, Latavius Murray or Justin Jackson in the flex? So um, this is an interesting question because, you know, we're starting to get into bye weeks and, and injuries are hitting everyone and all that stuff. So these are some uh, some running backs that, you know, they're not your big name, name brand guys, but they're guys that could be serviceable based on performances that they've uh, been putting up here, you know, not consistently, but certainly not Justin Jackson. He's, uh, he's been out of the lineup, but could because of the opportunity with Austin Eckler's injury. So we, uh, another, uh, Chargers backfield situation here, but for me, um, I'm going to go with this one, Latavius Murray. Now, Justin Jackson, his, you know, he's going to be coming back to the field and he's going to have some opportunity with that Eckler injury. But Latavius Murray, again, I don't think he has a monster game. I really don't. But um, I think, you know, and he had a, a good week last week, a very good week for, uh, you know, backup running back standards in our league, um, you know, in the NFL, I should say. But, uh, you know, give me Murray this, this week. You know, he has definitely the more secure role in the Saints' backfield, and uh, the Saints are certainly leaning on the run. Now, that might change a little bit uh, with Michael Thomas coming back, that they don't have to lean on Kamara and, um, you know, Latavius all all day. Um, and, you know, they try to push the field, uh, you know, push the ball down the field a little bit like uh, Drew Brees is doing a bit more last week against the Lions. Let's hope that's the case for uh, you Drew Brees owners and your Michael Thomas guys out there that have him. Um, but... For me, I th- I just think you know in this scenario where we don't know what Justin Justin Jackson's role is going to be, I'd rather go with the safer play, which is Latavius Murray in your flex. 
Um, you know, this is, uh, I think they'll have a lead for, for a good chunk of this game. Right. So, you know, with, with that said, uh, you know, I think that, uh, they'll try to run the ball a little bit more, you know, at least kill some clock. Um, you know, at least in the second half, we should see uh, a little bit more of that game script. So for me out of these two, uh, I'd go Latavius Murray, you know, Justin Jackson could surprise some people this week, depending on how they use him. He, I think he will get some passing down work. Um, but yeah, Latavius Murray is the play this week. All right. So this next question comes to us from at YL Ryan Lima at YL Ryan Lima says Keenan Allen or Raheem Mostert for a flex option in a half point PPR. All right. This one is insanely tough. I, uh, I looked at this question and it was tough for me to come to a decision, but I think I finally, I think I finally come to a decision. And that is, I don't know. No, I, uh, this is, this is a really, really tough one. Now here's why I like both. I I think as a flex option, they're both fantastic. Here's why Keenan Allen has been, uh, an absolute target machine, uh, for Justin Herbert, Justin Herbert as the rookie quarterback, you know, you're going to go to your guy that you trust. And he seems to have a lot of trust in Keenan Allen as he should. He's a great, great, fantastic wide receiver, um, who can, who can make all the catches of course. And, uh, that certainly helps, uh, uh, a, a rookie quarterback that, you know, wants to make sure he's doing all he can to complete the ball. So here we are. Uh, with that said up against the Saints on Monday night, um, you know, not as scary as a matchup. Maybe, maybe it would have been as their top two corners are possibly going to miss out on the game. So if, if uh, like Lattimore is out, I think that, you know, Keenan Allen might be the way to go for this question over Raheem Moster, but Raheem Moster is coming off an injury and uh but if he's healthy i like him in this matchup against the dolphins who give up i think it's like over 24 points to running backs uh fancy points to running backs you know that's what they're averaging so they they can be had on the ground easily so um here's what we're gonna do my advice to you is if i had to pull the trigger right now i guess i'd go keenan allen which goes against my typical wanting to start a running back in the flex spot that's kind of my go-to if i can or if it makes sense, I'd rather lean running back. But because he's coming off of the injury, I don't know exactly how they'll get him back in. Is he going to be a full go? Are they going to use Jarek McKinnon more than uh, maybe we would expect in normal circumstances? I don't know. So that's why I'm saying I think Keenan Allen here, and I would look at the injury reports uh, coming, you know, going into the weekend. Um, if Raheem Mostert's out, then your decision is made for you, obviously. Um, but if he's, you know, uh, if he's in, let's look at Keenan Allen's situation. Is Lattimore going to be back? Uh, you know, are those top two corners for the Saints going to be back? You know, that might make me lean towards Mostert a little bit. But again, right now with the information I have, I'll go Keenan Allen. But I'm I'm begging you to look at the reports going into the weekend, the injury reports, um, both for the, those Saints DBs and for Raheem Mostert. Um, you know, is, is he going to play for sure? Obviously, that would be your easy answer. But uh, is he limited again on Friday, or is he's is you know or a full go I should say again so you know ooh it's a, it's a, it's a tough one but I guess I'll go Keenan Allen but Raheem Mostert's right there it's all about whether or not um, they're playing and 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 uh, you know just keep an eye on that and uh, you should be good but you you can't go wrong I think with either I think they'll put up um, you know they could put up similar stat lines here but I'll go Keenan Allen even though it's going against my typical rule of you know leaning running back in those scenarios hope that helps. So our last question of the week comes to us on Instagram from at Bob's Ocean Encounter. At Bob's Ocean Encounter, he asks, Joe, first time, long time, do I stream Teddy Bridgewater 
or Matt Ryan this week. First of all, thanks for listening at Bob's Ocean Encounter. Uh, I appreciate you, and I'm glad you're a fan, and I'm glad you're listening every week. Listen, um, this is a tough one for me. Teddy Bridgewater and Matt Ryan, they are playing against each other this week, so there is that. That's that's kind of a fun decision to have to make. But um, for me, uh, I can answer this in two ways. I think Matt Ryan might be slightly safer just because we kind of – Definitely, I mean, we know what we're getting with them. They're going to have to, uh, their defense is going to give up a ton of points, which means they're going to have to throw quite a bit. And I haven't been inspired by the running game. Um, but I think Teddy Bridgewater is the higher upside play just because of how bad, as I've said throughout the show today, how bad the Falcons defense is. Um, I really think he's going to be getting uh, pass catchers involved on all, all, all different ends of the field. I think Mike Davis will, will catch more balls than usual this week too. Um, and as I said earlier, uh, I think, you know, DJ Moore has a big week this week, as well as Robbie Anderson. I think they can both have big weeks this week. So for me, if, you know, if I'm going with uh, with one of these two this week, I think Teddy Bridgewater, I might lean his way slightly more. Um, but again, I think either one of them is, is going to have a, a, a good week. I don't think either of them will have a week that you'll, you know, walk away from and be disappointed in. It's just, you know, it's a tough call to make because for me, they're so close. Um, but again, if I had to choose one, I think Teddy Bridgewater, um, you know, against that Falcons defense, I think he has a, a nice, a nice outing this week. Um, you know, in in the the Carolina Panthers defense, you know, the the run defense is is pretty bad, but their their passing defense is you know top half of the league, so there is that to consider as well. Um, again, it could be more of a situation if people are running on them more. Have to look uh, dig deep into the numbers there, but uh, I you know it, I for me Teddy Bridgewater. Kind of more of the high upside play. I think they're going to toss it a ton. And I think he is the beneficiary as a quarterback, obviously, of doing that. So he should put up good points. But if you decide to go Matt Ryan, wouldn't fault you there either because, again, they're so close for me. Um, hope that helped, guys. That was the fantasy Q&A for week number five. And with that, we are going to wrap the show right after this. Stay tuned. All right, guys, that'll wrap up another episode of Airing It Out with Joe Daly, the week five edition, guys. Hopefully this helped you to get ready for week five so you guys can make the best roster decisions going into the weekend. And, uh, you know, guys, it, it's been a crazy year so far with all the COVID stuff. It's it's Things are popping up, news left and right on top of injuries, on top of all the other things that we have to worry about um, with regards to our, our fantasy rosters. But, um, you know, that's why we're here to help you guys. Uh, you know, like I said, thank you for listening. It's been uh, it's been fun for me to uh, to you know do this show every week and to uh, get the the website going and all that. So again, um, thank you for those of you who have been sticking with the show and for those of you who are uh, constantly um, you know engaging on social media. Love that. So again, uh, again, I just want to reiterate, airing it out um, is you know we we are all over the place. We have uh, Twitter at airing it out ff at airing it out ff and same thing same handle on Instagram at airing it out ff. Uh, we have the website airingitout.com articles, videos, and more stuff coming your way uh, there. Uh, so make sure you bookmark that. And if um, if you subscribe to the podcast, great. Uh, leave us a rating review. If you don't subscribe, please do. 
Uh, it definitely helps uh, in getting the word out, of course. And, uh, you know, tell a friend. Maybe not someone in your league, but someone in a different league that you're friends with. That would be fantastic, you know. Um, definitely helps, and I appreciate you guys. Uh, you know, it's, it's again, like I said, it's been a lot of fun. And this year has been, again, a lot of craziness. But, you know, that's what fantasy is. Things that things are unpredictable at times and we got to make the best moves that we can. So that's what we're here for hearing airing it out. And uh, week five coming up. I can't believe we're already, we're already, you know, through a quarter of the season. As I said at the beginning of the show, it's, 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 uh, you know, it's, it's been going quick, quicker than we all thought. And, you know, football is here and we're hoping it stays here. Uh, we're hoping everyone gets this uh, COVID-19 stuff under wraps, uh, under control, but, uh, you know, check the check the news, check your rosters, make sure everything's tip top going into the weekend because you just don't know with all these scheduling changes and all that. So I can't iterate that enough or reiterate it enough, you know, just to keep on reminding you guys to keep an eye out and make sure you have everything, um, you know, everything uh, under control with regards to all the changes that are constantly happening in the NFL. Um you know, for those of you uh, gave questions this week, that was great. Please do so. And, and, you know, if you're, if you're out there and you have a question again, reach out to us on social media or on the website, on the contact page, you can do that as well. Love answering your questions, uh, whether it's on the show or, you know, directly on those apps as well. Um, you know, but, but without further ado, I want to send you guys off. I want to give you, you know, wish you the best of luck when, you know, get those wins, pile on those wins, turn your season around if you're not doing so hot. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's too early to give up and, uh, let's keep moving if, if, if you're, if you're not in the best of spots either. So, uh, guys, it's been airing it out with Joe Daly. I am Joe Daly week five underway. Have a good one. Be safe, be healthy. And, uh, we'll see you here next week. Take care guys.